Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV, on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is The Author Show. Today's book may bring tears to your eyes, so have the tissues ready. When author Kathy Williams Trun was 17 years old, she was told, you're not permitted to see your child at birth. 20 years later, Kathy has written, Does She Think of Me? A Birth Mother's Journey to Forgiveness. Kathy joins us from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada to share her journey. Kathy, welcome to The Author's Show. Thank you, Linda. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Kathy, will you please give us a quick overview of Does She Think of Me? Sure. Does She Think of Me is my personal journey as a birth mother. Uh, It starts out with uh, covering the dysfunctional family home life, the reasons why I decided to place my child for adoption, and then the trauma that's associated with that, what a birth mother goes through, and then also the healing journey through reunion. Your book could not have been an easy one to write. How many years passed after the birth of your daughter until you decided to write, Does She Think of Me? I had no intentions on publishing a book. It started out as a gift idea celebration of the 20th anniversary of our reunion. My daughter's name is Kelly, and I wanted to give her a very unique gift for that celebration. I had saved emails from when we first connected by phone. We chatted by email for two months. I wanted to compile those into one book. And then one thing led to another, and then it turned into more than just one book. So I published in March. It was totally unexpected. The circumstances surrounding your daughter's birth seems to me to be just cruel. To have a nurse tell you during labor that you're not permitted to see your child at birth was shocking to me. What do you remember about that time in your life? You know, Linda, it's been, it'll be 41 years this year. And the book was such an emotional thing to write that even to talk about it is is emotional. I can still feel myself laying on that cold hospital bed in the OR room, and then placing a blanket across my midsection. And all I could see was shadows on the other end. And when they say, you know, you're not permitted to see your child, you just, you can't even put that into words. The the trauma, you know, really starts there. The when you know that you're going to give birth to a child that you carried for nine months that grew, not only under your heart, but in your heart, that once you give birth to that child, that you will never see that child again. That's got to be one of the most emotionally difficult and heart-wrenching times. How did you survive that? You know, that's a good question. It wasn't in writing this book. uh, There were times that I stopped and I questioned myself. I'm like, I don't know how I didn't end up losing it mentally. I think it was just knowing that I was going to find her someday. When I left the hospital that day on September the 24th, 1979, and left her behind, I remember walking out of the hospital doors and and not feeling the sun on my face. Everything looked gray. Everything was black and white. There was no warmth. And I remember saying to my boyfriend at the time, we did marry and have two other children. I remember saying to him with tears running down my face, I will find her someday. I was so angry and bitter. And I think that that's what willed me to keep going because if it wasn't for that, I, I know 
that I would not be here today. Joey was your baby's father and the love of your life. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that you eventually married. Mm -hmm. uh, did you have for other children? Yes, we had two other children, Charlene and Crystal. The tough part is, is that Charlene, the second child after the first, she was born five years on the same day, five years to the day, almost to the half hour on Kelly's birthday. Oh my heavens, that had to have been extremely rough. So um, why didn't you and Joy just get married and have your first baby? Well, we were 17. I had just turned 18 when she was born. And for the whole term of my pregnancy, it was never discussed. I, I was getting growing bigger and bigger throughout the pregnancy. And it was as if it wasn't happening. It was, everybody was oblivious to it. It wasn't discussed. I didn't know how I was going to have this baby. I didn't know how babies were born. It was never talked about. Sex was never talked about growing up. We were in a situation where by eight months pregnant, we knew that we had to place her for adoption because dad who had been sober for four years had gone on, a, on another binge drink and abandoned us in Alberta. We had nowhere to go. We have a large enough family that I knew family would take us in, but nobody offered to help us. We just felt like that was the only option that we had. Oh, it just gets harder by the minute. Mm -hmm. So did you write your book with any particular type or age group or reader in mind? As I said, when I wrote the book, I, I wrote for three months and didn't tell my daughters because it was supposed to be a surprise. And when I told the three of them, I said, I wrote a book. And they're like, you did what? I'm like, yeah, I wrote a book. So I wanted them to read it to, for them to give me my blessing. And I said, I'm being encouraged to publish this. What do you think? And one of my daughters said, Mom, you need to ask yourself the question, why do you want to publish? What do you hope to gain out of this? It took me a year to decide to publish. And in that year, I did a lot of soul searching. And I realized that I wanted people to, to be aware what birth mothers go through. I, I realized that I wanted people to understand that a woman doesn't do this and walk away and come out the other end unscathed. You know, you never are who you once were. Absolutely. So how long did it take you to find your daughter once you began your search? And what was that reunion like? Well, it took, thank God she was born in Alberta, Canada, because I lived in Ontario. And what, during the pregnancy, the family had moved to Alberta, mainly because of low unemployment rate. Oh, sorry. No, I lived in Newfoundland first, sorry. And then we moved to Alberta. But the unemployment rate in Newfoundland was very low. So dad, who had been sober for four years, we figured that it'd be a good start for us to start over. But thank God she was born in Alberta because what took, I think it was 16 days to find her would have taken about 13 years in Ontario. Oh. Yeah. Well, later on, you had two other daughters. Mm -hmm. Were those daughters with Joy? Yes, they were. And how did they react when you told them they had a sister and particularly the youngest one whose birth date was the same? We actually planned a family vacation at a relative's cottage to intentionally give them that news. And they were the age of, oh gosh, I believe it was four and, and six and a half. And the family, I had sought some counseling and spoke with my family doctor. And she said, it's better to tell them sooner rather than later. So we, we took them on this vacation and we told them. And oddly enough, you know, the, the youngest one, Crystal, at the age of four, she was more interested in continuing to, you know, to swim in the lake. <laughs> Charlene, who was born on the same day as Kelly, she welled up and with tears and she wanted to know, oddly enough, like, when was her birthday? Which was such an odd question. She said, when is her birthday, mom? And I said, and I just, I didn't know what to say. I felt so heartbroken. I said, it's the same day as yours, honey. And she said, I want to see her. 
And I said, so do I, honey, but we have to wait. <laughs> so I had to explain why we had to wait. That had to be very difficult. So how long did it take you to find Kelly? I actually hired a private investigator. As I said, when I left the hospital that day in 1979, I swore that I was going to find her. Ten years prior to searching for Kelly, a relative gave me the number of a private investigator in Edmonton. And uh, I had his number in my wallet. And when I decided that it was time to, to look for her, I reached out to him and he started the investigation and he found her in 16 days. Oh my gosh. So what was her reaction? I'm sure she had a, an adoptive family. How did the family react as well? The investigator, uh, he contacted her, left her a voicemail message and said, my name is Ray. I'm just calling to let you know that your friend Kathy is trying to connect with you. And she didn't have a friend by the name of Kathy. So she didn't know anything about it. She said when she got that voicemail, she, in her gut, she thought that it may have been me, her birth mother. So through the investigator, it was arranged for a, a time to, to talk over the phone. And when the phone rang, I was sitting in the middle of the floor with the phone in a circle with me and my two daughters. I was a single mom at the time. And the phone rang and I answered it. And it was Kelly's adoptive mom, Diane. And she said, it's not Kelly, it's Diane, her mom. And Kelly's just trying to regain her, or get her composure. And I'm like, whew, good. <laughs> so I took a breath and... Then Kelly got on the phone and um, I remember saying, oh my God, it's really you. Please tell me you're okay. And I made the right decision. And what was her reaction to that? She said, I am great. I have a great family. You made the right decision. And how long after that was it that the two of you met? Two months later, her parents, her family, I mean, God bless them. They're amazing people. They arranged for them to fly into Toronto to meet with me physically. So it was two months from the first phone call. I mean, some people wait, you know, wait years, don't have the financial ability to have that physical reunion. But fortunate for me that her parents booked that trip. And so she has an older brother and then a younger brother because they didn't think they could have any more children when they adopted Kelly. And then when they adopted Kelly, Diane got pregnant on Shane. <laughs> <laughs> so your family expanded by quite a bit there. It sounds like you've got really one big happy family. Is that oh, right? God. Yes, yes, we do. Kelly says she has more family than she can handle. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned that you were a single mom. What happened to Joy? Did he have the opportunity to meet Kelly? Yes, he did. He was there at the reunion. Joey and I divorced. We married young. We were we met at 15, had Kelly at 17, or sorry, 18, married at 19, and we grew apart. And his drinking was concerning me and having grown up with dad being an alcoholic, my biggest fear was becoming my mother. I told him, I said, my, my fear of becoming my mother far outweighs how much I love you. So he was there for the reunion. We, we became best friends after the divorce. Really, really good friends because we decided to co-parent our children in the healthiest way possible and not be bitter and angry with each other. So Kathy, what is your life like now? I've remarried. It's five years. And ironically, we married October the 10th, 2015. And Linda, you would not believe this. I didn't find out until a year or so ago that Kelly adoptive parents adopted her on October the 10th. <laughs> like how strange is that? But no, I've met, I've met the, the man of my life. Uh, I've been told by a psychic that he's my twin flame. <laughs> he's been very supportive. He let me write for three months. He did the, the, the cooking, the cleaning, the shopping, the laundry, 
I lock myself away in an office that I set up in a spare bedroom. I close the door. I come home from work. I'd write and he would let me be. And he never once complained. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got a rare one there. Hang on to him. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> well, Kathy, I've read your diary posts on your website and there's a lot of humor in those. Do you include some humor in your book as well? Yes, thank goodness I do, because I didn't want it to be all doom and gloom. So I did try to insert humor. And I've had some good feedback from people to say, I laughed and I cried. And that's what I wanted. I wanted people to not only be crying through the whole thing and be sad and depressing, but life goes on and there is a lighter side to life. And I tend to get comfort in humor if I'm public speaking or or whatnot. I tend to throw in some humor. It helps me relax a little bit. Is Does She Think of Me comparable to any other book we might find on the shelves? When I first started to search for Kelly, I searched the bookstores top and bottom to try and find something to help me to know what to expect, to help me to know what to do, what not to do, etc. I couldn't find anything that was geared to my situation. And so now since then, so you know, you're talking 41 years, there are quite a few people, birth moms, who have written their own stories. A lot, of, a lot of ones that I have come across are written more from a, I guess, a psychological perspective from doctors and therapists and things like that. And there are a couple that I did buy. And to be honest, I think there were two. I didn't get through them. I got halfway through and, and was crying because when it got to the point where the mom had to leave the, had to give up her child, it was like I was reliving it. I'm like, I can't even read this book. Interesting. So, yeah. So what is the main message in Does She Think of Me that you would like readers to remember? I guess to not judge a book by its cover. You know, I have coworkers that have read this book right now and family members uh, that weren't aware that I had a child that would say, I had no idea. I will never look at people the same way again because you just never know what burdens people carry. But what I really want people to take from this book is, is that I hope the one thing that you do learn from this is that life will always throw boulders in front of you, mountains in front of you that sometimes you just can't, you don't think you will get over those hurdles. And when that happens, I would like you to remember to just be strong, be brave, be a fighter. What a great message. So Kathy, will you please read a short excerpt from Does She Think of Me for our listeners? Okay. I hope I I won't cry, but uh, (laughs) I'll do my best. Okay, here we go. Standing in the doorway of my room and peeking down the hallway to the nurse's station, I could see that it was unattended. I must be crazy. Is it possible that the baby who has been crying for hours is trying to get my attention? It was an airy, haunting cry, and I was convinced more than ever that I was being summoned. I was 18 years old and raised to obey and respect my elders. Fearing the repercussions of doing something I was told not to do, caused me to hesitate for a brief moment. Regret wasn't an option, so disrespecting authority, I took the first step towards the nursery. What were the chances this was my baby crying? I would soon find out. All the bassinets were lined up in the nursery under a veil of darkness. The newborn infants, with bellies full of breast milk, looked like little sausages as they slept in neatly aligned rows. One dimly lit lamp shone down on a nursery holding a baby she couldn't console. I approached the nurse and could barely speak past a lump in my throat. Is this baby Williams? I softly inquired. At that moment, the baby girl stopped crying as if she recognized her mama's voice. Yes, it is, she replied, unaware of what was about to happen. 
Grief overtook me as I cupped her tiny little face in my shaking hand. In that brief, precious moment, she was mine. My tears dropped onto her chest as I leaned in, inhaled the newness of her, and kissed her soft, fuzzy forehead. Wishing this moment were secretly ours, I whispered, please remember that I will always love you. Please forgive me. Oh my gosh, I need a Kleenex right now. <laughs> so I want to know now, where can we learn more about you and where can we purchase Does She Think of Me? Well, I would love the listeners to please visit my website at kathywilliamstroom.ca. That's Kathy, C-A-T-H-Y-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S-T-H-R-U-N.ca. And from there, you can uh, purchase my book on the website. You can visit my social links. You can find out more about me. I have a a diary uh, section that I like to promptly just talk about anything that evokes emotion in me. And I've got some funny stories on there, some about grandkids, you know, maybe some things that are happening in the world. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to, uh, to draw in people that to learn more about me through those diary posts as well. And maybe future writing. Who knows? Maybe there'll be another book to come. We've been talking with Kathy Williams-Troon, author of Does She Think of Me? A Birth Mother's Journey to Forgiveness. Kathy, I've really enjoyed talking with you today. And I do hope that When or if you write another book, you'll come back and chat with us again. Here's where I get to say that, yes, I have read your book. I have loved every page of it. I cried. I laughed. I went through every emotion possible. And I do hope our listeners feel that as well. Thank you very much, Linda. This has been a lot of fun. You've been great to chat with. Wow. This goes into depth, into the trauma associated with placing a child for adoption. Themes of alcoholism as well, which is so identifiable in so many people's lives. Very well written. Powerful. You could feel the pain, and I couldn't stop reading in anticipation of a happy ending. Well, that was a review for Kathy's book that I hope will have you going to kathywilliamstroon.ca and ordering your copy today. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with our author. And remember, The Author Show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms such as Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.